Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. I want to welcome all of our viewers today. If you're joining us for the first time and if you want more information about our show, please visit our website right up there at deadtalklive.com. We have I have completely revamped the website and it used to be just one long page and I broke it up into a very cool, interesting sections make it easier for you guys to navigate. So please go ahead and check it out. Let me know what you guys think of the new webpage design. Um, and of course, if you haven't already done so, please visit us on YouTube. The name of our channel is called Walking Dead Now. And please subscribe if you have not already done so. Saz is going to be handling the text chats tonight, and I'll be talking to you guys live on the air. And I just want to say to uh, some of the people that are joining us, hello, Late Mike is with us, Xanders, Breeze with us on Facebook, Herbal is with us on YouTube, Jennifer John Wesley, hello, Andrew is joining us on Twitter, um, let's see, Herbal is with us, Caden is also joining us, let's see what's going on over on the Instagram side, I have to scroll all the way up. Uh, we have Mary61Mom joining us, uh, Salmon Poot is also giving us a smiley love face, Christian is with us, Marie is going to be moderating Instagram tonight, I am Pretty Chem is giving us a smiley love face as well, CC Weezy is joining us, AZ Gamer is with us saying hey Viz, hey Gamer, good to have you on the show tonight. Thalia is also joining us on Instagram. So I hope everyone is doing well. It's been a very busy day for me today. <laughs> uh, we have confirmed dates for the following guests. So Emma Bell, who played Amy, Andrea's sister, is going to be joining us on Tuesday, September 8th, one week from today. And then the next day after that, on September 9th, we are going to have Elizabeth Faith Ludlow, who played Negan's savior, Arat, try to turn good person into the uh, uh, communities, but Oceanside wasn't having that, and they put her down for what she did when she was with Simon in slaughtering the men of Oceanside. So Arat, played by Elizabeth Faith Ludlow, is going to be joining us on September 9th. That's a week from tomorrow. And then uh, Andrew Rothenberg, who is Jim from season one, who lasted uh, the majority of season one, but to this date has left a real big impression on all of us Walking Dead fans. He is going to be joining us on September 18th. So we have confirmed dates uh, for those three special guests. We are still working on dates with uh, Juan Javier Cardenas, who played Dante, the uh, alpha spy that she sent into Alexandria, who ultimately took out Sadiq. And uh, we are also working on dates with Matt Mangum, who played DJ, another savior turned good guy, that was part of Alpha's uh, Kingdom Massacre. Uh, he was one of the heads on the pikes. So we have a lot of good guests coming up. A lot more are going to be announced. So please stay tuned uh, as our list is going to be constantly getting updated. And for the latest up-to-date news and guest list and everything again go to the website deadtalklive.com today i'm also very happy to announce that ismail bakurai is uh a, the longtime viewer of ours from instagram has officially joined our dead talk live team he's coming on as a writer and we all want to welcome ismail on board we are very lucky to have him and his talents and guys, we are looking for people. Um, Walking Dead Now, Dead Talk Live is growing at an exponential rate, to put it mildly. Uh, we are currently a team of 10, and we need more. <laughs> so if you go to the website, there is also a section 
if you're interested i have the positions that are available as internships uh if you guys want to come on board and help out uh the section on the website is called join our team so check it out see what's available uh see if you want to contribute to this show contribute to walking dead now fill out the short form and i'll be getting back in touch with you very shortly so if you're interested please go on ahead and do that evelyn is joining us as well on uh instagram evelyn elizabeth 08 welcome evelyn jamie joe from canada is with us as well welcome jamie uh let's see uh mq is giving us a thumbs up uh abu is also with us and waving at us on instagram so let me go back up to uh the youtube facebook twitter people let's see kimmy is with us singer chick is with us on youtube as well saying evening all uh let's see just scrolling down the list ria has joined us on facebook saying hello to everyone chunky spaghetti love that name chunky spaghetti is joining us on youtube saying i am so excited to see them on the show yes uh we are very excited as well to have them on the show i'm a white boy is joining us herbal might 97 is also with us on youtube so let's see what we have for you guys today as we previously uh, previously mentioned norman reedus who of course is daryl uh auditioned for uh the role of merle and daryl dixon on the show audition tape showing the walking dead star norman reedus screen test for the roles of merle and daryl dixon aired during the Walking Dead Season 1 beginnings on the AMC Marathon yesterday, uh, celebrating the show's first season ahead of, a, ahead of its 10th anniversary. The one night only, it's 10 years, I mean, wow. This October 31st is going to be 10 years to the date that we got the series premiere the series premiere of The Walking Dead, Season 1, Episode 1. Wow. The one-night-only event that aired Sunday offered a peek at future co-stars Andrew Lincoln and John Barenthal auditioning for the lead role of Sheriff's Deputy Rick Grimes, who clashes with the older Dixon brother in Season 1, Episode Guts. Merle would come to be played by Michael Rooker, opposite Reedus as Daryl. Now, the last remaining original cast member alongside is Melissa McBride's Carol. We had been working at AMC doing a show called Breaking Bad, and they had a new script coming their way. You were just completely sucked into the world of not just zombies, but of these characters Casting director Sherry Thomas recalls in a featurette found below. And luckily, we got the job, adds casting director Gohar Gazan. It was the first time we were casting a show based on a graphic novel. When it came to casting the comic characters, Thomas says, we really stuck to not necessarily the look, but the soul of who that character was going to be. When we did our very first screen test with the producers, that first time most of the guys played different roles. They loved him, Thomas adds of Reedus. It just wasn't a perfect fit. Reedus auditioned for Merle, captured in the video, landed him a tailor-made role as Merle's crossbow-wielding younger brother. And boy, are we lucky for that choice. They originally gave me scripts where I was like taking drugs and I was saying all this racist stuff. And I was like Minnie Merle, Rita said during the 2019 convention appearance. I brought all the writers together and I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that grew up with this and I'm ashamed of it. He added, 
And what it did was when Merle left the show, it allowed me to sort of step up and be the man that I would not have been if that would not have happened. So in a weird way, the zombie apocalypse kind of blossomed Daryl out of a, out to be a real guy. And how many times have we discussed that on this show that Merle dying off was just one of the big leaping jumpstones for Daryl Dixon's character on The Walking Dead. He no longer was living in Merle's shadow where Daryl, whether he wanted to or not, followed Merle in his footsteps. Whatever Merle did, Daryl begrudgingly followed along even though the majority of the time he did not believe or agree with what Merle was doing. But, you know, these are some great featurettes. I checked them out. You guys should check them out as well. Some really, really good, interesting stuff right there. If you have not, if you didn't see it yesterday, just go on ahead and search for them and check them out. They're really, really cool. Uh... Let's see, Chunky Spaghetti on YouTube writes, I looked up how many more seasons they are making still, and so many sources said 12 seasons, and I'm very sad. 12 seems to be the number. Now, after 12, uh, it's not set in stone, guys, but after 12 season, depending on where the ratings are, uh, they will decide if they want to make more or if they're going to be focusing on more spinoffs with some of the characters that are on The Walking Dead right now. But the end of the original Walking Dead, if it if it does come after if it does come after season 12, the universe is gonna live on and it's gonna live on for many, many years to come. So we'll see, you know? The end of the original Walking Dead show does not mean the end of the characters that are still left standing. It doesn't mean, it's definitely doesn't mean the end of The Walking Dead because the movies are coming, there's more spinoffs coming, there's a lot of good stuff coming this way. Cat has just joined us on YouTube. Welcome, Cat. Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, the performance by Norman Reedus as Daryl is amazing. It absolutely is. Janie Joe says, I've seen it. So crazy, talking about those uh, featurettes. CC uh, Weezy is asking who has seen the new trailer. I have. It's pretty awesome. CC um, Weezy writes, why are they walking in the, in the horde? Well, that's uh, because of whatever plan they came up with. And we will find out. And uh, less than, you know, it's going to be... Less than five weeks from now, we're going to find out the answer to that when we actually get to watch the finale. Uh, Singer Chick on YouTube writes, I would love to see Angela Kang keep it going for a few more seasons. She is so incredibly talented. She is. Um, Kaden on YouTube writes, I can't see The Walking Dead ending. And it won't be. It won't be. Welcome Summer. Summer has joined us on YouTube. So, I don't know how many of you guys are uh, card collectors, but you might be interested in this. Um, Wizards of the Coast has announced two upcoming Magic the Gathering secret layer drops during the Zendikar Rising spoiler launch livestream on Twitch, uh, including a collaboration with AMC's popular TV series The Walking Dead. The new secret layer drop will feature cards with art and flavor text inspired by The Walking Dead, and it will be available later this year. Uh, let's see what else they go on to say. The only card they revealed today was the Bicycle Girl Zombie Token card, and it features flavor text. I love how they call that, flavor text. From Rick Grimes, one of the main characters on the show, the text reads, Rick Grimes, I am sorry this happened to you. So I actually have a picture of that card to show you guys what I'm talking about. So there you go. They are going to be releasing a whole bunch of these cards. I'm sure one day these are going to become some kind of collector's item as well. 
So if we have any card collectors out there, this is going to be the first one in the set for The Walking Dead. So, Caden on YouTube writes, I'm still 50-50 wondering if the zombie gut cameo working. Uh, AZ Gamer is with us on YouTube as well. Uh, let's see. Just reading through the chats. Uh, Lindsay has met Norman Reedus at Montreal Comic-Con one year ago, and he was very nice. Yep, we've all heard the things on how incredibly nice Norman Reedus is. I've seen a lot of pictures that a lot of fans have set, sent me with him, with them and Norman together. Same thing goes for Andrew Lincoln. They're both incredible human beings. They appreciate the fans, and us as fans appreciate them. So it's, it's great to see them take the time and take pictures with fans and just give their time over to the people who made the show what it is, what it became. So I think that's pretty cool. I think that's very cool. So, 10 behind-the-scenes facts about the zombie makeup slash costumes this is an article from screen rant okay so number 10 it takes about an hour and a half to do zombie makeup now for some really elaborate zombie makeup and uh, and also if you go back quite a few years before cgi it was more like six to eight hours of sitting in that chair to get the makeup on but with cgi today a lot of the stuff is added after filming with the, uh, the magic of video. So, uh, number 10 goes on to say, The show makes use of some of the finest makeup artistry seen on not only television, but the entire industry in general. Naturally, it's a time-consuming and detailed process, but the crew behind The Walking Dead have been doing this job for a long time and thus have it down to a science. The artists also work in an assembly line. Now I've mentioned this before. They can do like 40 like 40 to 50 zombies in an hour by setting up an assembly line of makeup artists. Somebody's responsible for doing the eyes, another person applies the blood, and they work their way through, and they can make up 40 to 50 zombies in an hour. Now, that's impressive. Uh, 20 to 30 gallons of fake blood are used for a single episode. That's crazy. The use of fake blood in Hollywood films and shows has always been an integral, integral, integral part of the production process especially more so when it comes to something like The Walking Dead. In the zombie-filled, post-apocalyptic world of The Walking Dead, blood is as common as the walkers themselves, and as expected, lots of it is used in the production of episodes. Different kinds of blood are used as well. Depending on the situation, and apparently the walkers, uh, different thickness, darker blood, for humans, different blood color for the walkers. I've also read an article about this in the past where if the blood is going to be displayed on a person's clothing and they're wearing light clothing, they're going to use a darker shade of blood as opposed to if someone is wearing more darker colors, they are going to use a lighter shade of blood just so the blood is visible on camera when they're actually doing the shooting. Kaden on YouTube writes, I want to be a zombie. Uh, AZ Gamer writes, damn, that's awesome. 40 to 50 zombies in an hour. These guys have been doing it for a while, man. They've got it. They've got it down pat. Number eight, lots of CGI is used. That's what I just mentioned. Although, although the well-done special effects are one of the most attractive parts of The Walking Dead, some situations still call for the use of CGI. For example, Beside the Dying Fire was shot during a cold night outside and the editors had to digitally remove the vapor 
that was visibly coming out of the mouths of the extras as zombies aren't supposed to breathe at all. In other cases, CGI has also been used to erase any instances where the extras happen to blink on camera because zombies don't blink. Um, number seven, tons of hair conditioner is used. That's number seven, guys. Tons of hair conditioner is used. The walkers in The Walking Dead have spent years worth of time just aimlessly roaming around under the sun and in other possible unfavorable weather conditions. So their hair should look rough. To give the hair of the extras this damaged aesthetic bottle after bottle of hair conditioner is used during production to give it a flat greasy look so for all you people that use too much conditioner just keep that in mind sunscreen is put on the walkers the location of where most of the walking dead is shot georgia is a place known for its hot and humid atmosphere well, it's not that much different here in Virginia, let me tell you. As walkers, the extras who are playing the role might have to spend hours walking or just standing, out, standing about under the searing heat of the sun, depending on what the scene or the situation calls for. So, you know, you got to keep those zombies from getting sunburned. Number five, extras playing walkers are told to walk as if they are drunk. Now we all know and have heard, at least the majority of us have heard, that anyone who's going to be a walker on The Walking Dead has gone through Greg Nicotero's little school of uh, how he wants the walkers for The Walking Dead to portray themselves. Now hundreds of walkers appear on The Walking Dead and each and every one of the extras playing the role is, uh, sorry, the role of one is sent to zombie school. I just said that. Where there are about 200 people are auditioned at the start of every season. They are all taught to walk and behave in the same manner so that a level of consistency is maintained in everybody's performance. And they are told to act as if they are drunk. And this goes back to some of our previous guests and what they've had to say about Greg Nicotero and how very detail-oriented he is, you know. And that really makes such a big difference from being a good director or producer to being a great director and producer is paying attention to the, the detail. And of course, on The Walking Dead, you want the walkers to be moving all in a similar fashion you don't want one walker to be moving one way and another one to be moving the other way because then eventually the audience is going to catch on and they're going to start asking questions all right number four on the list walkers are decaying towards the beginning of the series although the walkers do look extremely ghastly and horrendous some traces of humanity could still be seen if a walker was comparatively clean and had all its limbs intact. But as the series advances through the seasons, the makeup department makes the walkers look more and more rotted and decaying. This seems logical because as the events of the series progress, the story is moving further away from the original zombie outbreak and naturally, the walkers should be decaying at some rate. Now, I remember a while ago, my son told me this, that he read somewhere where Robert Kirkman said that the lifespan of a zombie after they have turned is somewhere around 16 years. Now, don't quote me on this. I never actually looked this up. But uh, he said he read it, I believe him. And this supposedly came from Robert Kirkman that uh, it's supposedly about 16 years 
That's the lifespan of a walker after they have been reanimated. Okay. I uh, just want to say hello to some people on Instagram. Standing Seagull is with us saying, uh, I can walk drunk. I have lots of practice. That's awesome. Janie Joe has given us a smiley love face and is laughing at Standing Gull's comment. That was pretty funny. Raiden Rayed is also with us on Instagram. Uh, Gennaro is also joining us. And Donna is with us on Instagram saying hello. Welcome, Donna. Pedro has joined us on Facebook. Welcome, Pedro. Uh, so let's see. Moving on. Uh, number three. We're almost at the end. All walkers are not treated equally. There are mainly three types of walkers present in the show during a sequence. If numerous walkers are present during a scene, such as in the first episode of the sixth season, first time again, they are divided into three parts. The ones that are featured the most directly in front of the camera and have the most screen time are the ones that require the most devotion when it comes to makeup. The walkers that are a bit further from the camera don't need to have the most perfect look and the walkers that are the furthest in the background require very little makeup. This saves time and cost for the production team and log it just makes perfect logical sense. Number two on the list. This is funny. The walkers eat pickled ham. So all you guys who want to be walkers out there, you're going to have to eat pickled ham. So you may want to rethink that. One of the most well-known aspects of zombies is their yearning for eating flesh, mostly human. It is one of the most common tropes associated with zombies in Hollywood, seen in several zombie movies such as World War Z and 28 Days Later. Now, in World War Z, they did not actually eat the person. The, the rage zombies in World War Z, that's what I like to call them, rage zombies, as opposed to snail zombies on The Walking Dead, because of how fast they move, they seem to have, had, they have a singular purpose. Uh, the, the rage zombies in World War Z, uh, their main purpose was to bite and then move on. Uh, it was actually described pretty well in the, in the movie. They are like the walking form of the virus. They are the virus. And as a virus, what does it want to do? It wants to replicate. It wants to reproduce. And that's one of the things I love about the movie World War Z and how beautifully that's uh, portrayed is they usually they bite and move on to the next person because they know once they bit you, they have successfully uh, reproduced. So I don't know if you guys noticed that. If you guys have seen World War Z, if you haven't, you got to see it. I love it. Uh, let's see, moving on to the rest of that paragraph. The walkers of The Walking Dead follow the same trend, but obviously since they can't eat human flesh in reality, so instead the walkers in this show are given pickled ham to eat. Now guys, you know, I would, I would definitely consider being a walker on The Walking Dead, but that whole pickled ham thing, I don't know about that. Don't know about that. All right. Number one thing. Hand-painted contact lenses are used. I actually want to discuss something about this. While it would seem best to just apply CGI to the eyes of the extras, as it has been done so many times before, in other zombie movies such as I Am Legend, they're not zombies. Le I Am Legend, they're not zombies. But anyway... Uh, I Am Legend and Zombieland, The Walking Dead had a reputation to uphold um, as a practical effects specialist in the industry. Hand-painted contacts are used and new ones are designed every season as they become cloudy and lifeless. Two things about that. 
first thing is, if you guys ever saw I Am Legend, those are not zombies. Those people are actually curable. They're alive. They're not dead. So they're technically not zombies. So just got to point that out. The second thing is, I totally understand the thing about the contact lenses. To make the eyes look very realistic uh, that you're dead and they've glossed over into whatever white or whatever color they may use my question is as a requirement to be a zombie i wear contact lenses i'm blind as a bat uh so do they have painted uh or colored contact lenses that are prescription because <laughs> if they don't then I, I will never be a walker on The Walking Dead because I can't see more than literally six inches in front of me without my contacts. So that's a question I actually ask myself. Uh, if, you know, say, hey, you know, I'd, I'd have no problem putting on the contacts. Here's my prescription. Can you guys make me a special set of contact lenses? So anyway, uh samperson 92 is with us on instagram welcome uh lindsey sparks on facebook writes i saw world war z and it was a great movie it totally was i loved it uh they were supposed to make a sequel but i don't think that's gonna happen anymore they were supposed to uh make one stenning gill seagull writes any walkers wear glasses we have not, I don't remember seeing any, but if you die wearing the glasses and they don't fall off or get bumped off your face or whatever, then yeah, you will definitely be wearing glasses, even though we have not seen any. I don't remember seeing any Walking Dead walkers uh, with uh, glasses still on. So, you know, and after you turn, after you reanimate, the chances of those glasses staying on for more than just a few minutes are very slim. Anyway, guys, let's move over to today's topic. We are going to be talking about today, what we're going to be talking about today is characters who have had to put down their own family members on the Walking Dead universe, okay? So, where do we start off with, but, you know... The, one of the first, Andrea, all the way back in season one. Uh, I believe this is the first time we see a character put down a family member, and it was a very heartbreaking moment. If you all remember, Amy, who is played by Emma Bell, who's going to be our guest here in one week from today, was bit the night that Rick, Glenn, Daryl, and T-Dog were absent from the group. They were in Atlanta trying to bring Merle and the bag of guns back. The remainder of the group were having a relaxing time, sitting around that campfire that night. Rick and the group had also returned that night as well. Then Amy leaves the campfire to go to the bathroom in the RV, and this is when she is bit and all hell breaks loose. She gets bit coming out of the RV camper, and that's when we see the full-on uh, horde that is raiding the camp. Now, here's a fun fact in case you didn't know. Greg Nicotero, who is the one of the directors and special makeup effects and executive producer of The Walking Dead, was the walker who bit Amy. So, I don't know how many of you guys knew that, but Greg Nicotero loves to uh, be a walker or a zombie any chance he can get and he was the zombie in season one that led that raid on the camp and bit amy so little fun fact right there uh greg was apparently very particular on how he wanted this scene shot so he decided he would be the one to bite amy to get it exactly how he envisioned it happening Anyway, back to Amy. Now, she died from blood loss, and it wasn't until sometime on the following day that she started to turn. You guys remember, this is the beginning of the apocalypse where, as Jenner described, 
it can take six, 12, even longer hours for a person to turn as opposed to where we are now in the show where it can be literally a few minutes after you die, you can turn. Uh, Andrea waited until her sister had turned before she put her down with a bullet to the head. This was a little different in the comics because in the comic book series, Andrea shot Amy in the head before her sister could turn because she felt that this is how Amy would have wanted it. If you guys also remember, while she's holding Amy, the sun was up. They knew what was going to happen with Amy turning. Rick started to approach Andrea, and Andrea pulled her gun out at Rick, saying, don't come any closer. This is between me and my sister. Uh, so, I mean, comparing the two versions, the comic book version, where Andrea puts Amy down before she turns, or the TV show version, where Andrea waits for Amy to turn, do you guys have a preference on which one you'd like better? Uh, for me, I think they're both great. I can't really say one is better than the other. Uh, let's see what's going on. Uh, Jennifer Zervos writes, Shane turned right away, though. Good point. Good point. That was season two. Not a lot of time had passed between season one or two. They were still very much near the beginning. But you are right. You are right about that one. It's a little discrepancy right there. Uh, it took Carl a while to turn. Carl didn't turn. Uh, this is from Star Guitar Goddess uh, on YouTube. Carl never turned into a zombie. He took himself out, uh, as Jennifer Zervo says on YouTube. Yeah, he took himself out. Uh, he would not allow himself to turn, and he would also not put that on his dad or Michonne. So being Carl and being the brave man that he was, he did it himself. He did it himself. And it's befitting because that's that's the Carl that we all loved, you know? Bravery was never a problem for Carl Grimes. Cat writes, I would have put Amy down before turning, but I like the effects on this show. I do like I do agree with you, Cat. I liked how Amy did turn and um, Andrea had her like in her lap. And she sort of put her hand over her neck to keep her down. And then put the gun to her head and put her out. So, anyway. There were times when Dale became very concerned with Andrea's state of mind. Because he didn't want her to die. He didn't want her to give up living. Dale's overprotectiveness started to annoy Andrea. And it drove a wedge between them, causing a lot of tension. Because Andrea's a stubborn woman. She was a stubborn character. And that's a, one of the things that a lot of people did not like about Andrea. She would not listen to reason. She was very set in her ways and would not listen to reason or change her mind. Andrea's friendship with Dale started to heal just before Dale was bitten by a walker and had to be t put down by Daryl. Now, Andrea's way of thinking put her at odds with Lori and the Herschel family when she offered to watch over Maggie's younger sister, Beth, in season two. Now, remember when Beth was a teenager and she was not coping very well after her mother and half-brother were taken from her during the apocalypse? I believe there were the two of the walkers that Herschel had kept in the barn. Laurie and Maggie were angered by Andrea's influence over Beth who slashed her wrists and she was left under Andrea's watch. Um, so you can see that Andrea putting down a member of her own family did have a profound effect on her, which impacted others as well. So let's see what you guys are saying. Janie writes, she was the first person I think that we see turn to a walker. I believe you're right. Amy, uh, I believe you're right. If anyone uh, can think of another one, please let us know. 
Cindy on Instagram writes, after she turns to get every moment with her, she wanted to get every moment with her sister. Yep, it was very hard for her to do that. G Park on Instagram is giving us a thumbs up. Uh, let me flip over to YouTube because the chat's froze again. Caden uh, writes, I like, uh, like I said, Dale's death was bad. Uh, AZ Gamer writes, yep, correct, Viz. Uh, Jennifer Zervos writes, also, she is right. So, let's move on to our next character. And that's Carol. Uh, she put down Ed before he could turn. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure she was not really that heartbroken over that. Even though it was likely given his injuries that Ed was already dead when she picked when she pickaxed him in the head repeatedly. Uh, I'm going to count this one in. Initially, Daryl was going to do the job and he was surprised and a little uncomfortable when Carol insisted to be the one to make sure Ed wasn't coming back. Do you blame her? This was the guy that beat the crap out of her for years. Now, how did this affect Carol? I think it was the start of her transformation into the badass Carol, even though we don't really see it till the beginnings of season three. She still had a long way to go, but this was the first violent act that she has ever done on the show. Maybe she felt liberated after putting up with Ed's abuse for so long, and she was just showing Ed that she was free from him. It was more symbolic for Carol than anything else. Now, it's interesting to note that in the comic books, Carol's husband committed suicide after losing his parents to walkers. Also in the comic series, Carol and her daughter Sophia were on their way to her sister's place in Atlanta when they meet up with Shane's group. Now, this is very different to how they meet up and how they killed off Carol's husband on the show. Uh, next character we're going to talk about is Daryl. He had to put down the only living family member, blood family member, that he had left, and that was his brother Merle. Merle was shot, left to die and turned by the governor, and so that Daryl would find him. Like we've said, the governor was pure evil. Daryl having to put down his brother was the most devastating he act, devastating act he has ever had to do up to that point. Now, how did this event affect Daryl? I think while Daryl grieved for his brother, losing him also made his character grow. As we mentioned in the beginning of this episode, coming straight from the mouth of Norman Reedus and how he described the same thing. Daryl's character really started to develop after this point. Maybe it was because Merle wasn't there anymore to hold him back. Losing Merle the way he did brought Daryl's relationship with members of the group to a brand new level. They were his official family. They were his family before that, but he was all... They were all that Daryl had left in this world. We saw this when he became closer to Carol, when he bonded with Beth uh, after the mid-season in season four, also with Maggie, and then, of course, Rick. Now, here's something to think about. We just talked about Andrea having to put down her own sister. Remember that Rick had to put down someone uh, he saw as a brother, uh, which was Shane. Even though Carl is the one that shot him, uh, Rick had to kill him. That's a whole different story right there. That's, a, that's way different than killing someone who you know is about to die and reanimate than killing someone while they're very much still alive and not bitten. And then Carl also had to put, Carl had to put down his own mother. Knowing how the members of the group uh, had to put down their loved ones has given Daryl a stronger sense of belonging when he had to do the same with Merle. And this is not a family member, but if you guys remember, it was Daryl that put down 
uh, Dale after Dale was bit. Rick tried to do it, but he couldn't. Uh, Daryl takes the gun from Rick's hand. Uh, he looks at Dale, and Dale wanted uh, Daryl to put an end to it. He couldn't speak, but he was lifting his head towards the gun. And uh, Daryl's last words to him were, I'm sorry, brother. Knowing how the members of the group uh, have had to put down their loved ones has given Daryl a stronger sense of belonging when he had to do the same to Merle. I guess in a sad way, he was sort of joining the club. Uh, the parallel that we're seeing in the brotherly relationship between Rick and Shane and then Daryl and Merle. We all know how close Rick and Daryl have become. If Merle had died at the hands of someone else, or if he had lived, would Daryl and Rick's relationship be the way it was by the time Rick left the TV show in season 9? Even though Daryl had a gripe with Rick by letting Negan live, Daryl did not dis uh, agree with Rick and trying to bring in the saviors they still loved each other and every time rick and daryl came to blows it was it's it was always brothers it was always a brotherly fight there was never any intention of one actually really trying to hurt the other and when they got into that fight during all-out war um uh, after the they tried to get the uh, the M2 guns. Uh, it was Daryl that put Rick in a chokehold. This is interesting. Daryl put Rick in a chokehold. And after the truck blew up with the guns, and Rick said, well, I guess I'm walking. And Daryl says, yep. Rick turns to Daryl and says, a chokehold's illegal. Uh, and that's actually reminiscent Going back to season one, when Daryl found out that Rick handcuffed Shane to the uh, to the rooftop and he that he was left there, and Daryl tried to attack Rick, and it was broken up by Shane, and Shane put Rick, uh, sorry, Shane put Daryl in a chokehold. Daryl is the one that says to them, chokehold is illegal. Uh, so I don't know if you guys picked up on that, you know, uh, the lines were completely reversed seven years apart. I thought that was fast. I thought that was really funny. Uh, Jennifer on YouTube writes from season one, uh, laughing out loud, Merle to the rooftop. Caden on YouTube writes, they just don't know, uh, man, the walking dead is life. Uh, what did I miss here? Uh, Caden wrote, man, none of my family likes The Walking Dead. They say it's dumb. Uh, my family members, my wife, uh, watched it with me up until the end of season six. She didn't, she knew what was, you know, was going to happen, not to who, but what was about to happen in season seven. Did not have the stomach for it. So she, we stopped watching it together. My daughter watches it still on her own. Me and my son, my, my middle son, watch it every Sunday night together. And my youngest is too scared to watch it still. So it's not like anyone in my family thinks it's dumb. It's just um, besides my oldest son, they all don't watch it for their, their own separate reasons. Singer on YouTube writes, I couldn't remember if Shane's death came before or after the bar scene. It was after. Shane's death happened right uh, right before the, ep the episode, right before the finale. It happened in episode 12 of season 2. That's when uh, Rick stabbed um, Shane. Starry uh, Guitar Right, I don't understand why so many quit after season six. A lot did. A lot did. They knew what was coming. They didn't know who exactly was going to get killed. A lot of them were upset at how 
season six was left off with that huge cliffhanger. But, you know, whatever the reason. Let's see. I want to get to the rest of our characters here before we run out of time. So the next character on our list is Morgan. Man, talk about having to kill family members and making bad decisions. Morgan's number one on that list. Now, we never actually see Morgan put down any of his family members, but he does tell Rick what he had to do in Season 3, Episode 12, titled Clear. It's revealed that Morgan's son, Dwayne, was bit by his wife, and Morgan put her down. If you all remember back in Season 1, Morgan tried to shoot his wife, Jenny, but he just couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, And that ended up costing Dwayne's life. So, bad decision, couldn't put a family member down, that family member ended up getting his son killed. So, bad sequence of events there. Now, we don't know if Morgan put down Dwayne. Uh, It is written on, in that episode clear, where Morgan is insane. If you look at while Morgan and Rick are talking in that episode, and you pay attention to the writing on the wall... It does say that basically Dwayne turned and it's implied that Morgan had to put him down. Uh, He doesn't mention that though, what happens to his own son, which has led some people to speculate that he may return later on. But if you watch that episode again and written on the board, it says Dwayne turned. So we know he died. Well, Now, these are the writings of a madman at the time. Morgan was completely insane and out of his mind. So, how much stock do you put in that? Well, that's up to you. Now, in the comic books, Morgan's Dwayne does succumb when he is attacked by walkers. And instead of putting down his son, Morgan locks locks him up in the house with chains. Very similar to what the governor did with his daughter, named Penny, to which Michonne found very freaky. Uh, In the comic books, Morgan would murder other survivors to feed his son. Later on, and this is still in the comics, Morgan is offered to join Rick and his group, and Rick tries to convince him to put his son down. Unable to do it, Morgan lets Dwayne go. The comic book version of Morgan reminds me of how the governor, like I said, kept Penny chained up in the house. So going back to Morgan in the TV show, having to put down his undead wife after watching her attack their son I think this is what caused Morgan to become unstable. I mean, you can't really question that. He went through his phase of killing, and he didn't care uh, if he died along the way. In fact, he wanted to die. He just couldn't do it himself. He needed someone else to do it for him. Now, uh, let's see how much time we have. We still have quite a few characters, but let's see how many we can go through here in the final moments, okay? Uh, Our next character is Spencer. Spencer is Deanna's son. Deanna died when Alexandria was overrun by walkers. Uh, We we knew she was bit. Rick and everyone left her in the room as sort of a distraction for the walkers. Anyway, long story short, Rick and the Alexandrians overcome the walkers, which is one of the best episodes in the series, one of them. Uh, after that's over, Spencer goes looking in the woods for his mom because he checked all the walkers. She wasn't among them, and he wanted to put her down. Uh, next on the list is we're going to talk about is Carl. Now, Carl actually spares his father from having to put down two members of their own family. Carl is the one who puts down his mother, Lori, 
before she turned and maybe even before she had actually died uh, when Maggie had to perform a C-section to deliver Judith. And if you guys remember, it was Carol that was practicing to do a C-section just in case Lori needed one for the birth of Judith. This happened in the uh, season three, episode four. Now, having to put down his own mother had a profound effect on Carl. It hardened him as a character as he lost a lot of his innocence when it it came time for him to do that. So, also, let's see, growing up, he starts to adjust to his life, that he knows that, well, he starts to adjust to the world that he knows he's living in, then in season eight, Carl spared Rick from having to put uh, him down when Carl himself is bit as a walker, act of bravery, just like we discussed before, so he's done that twice. Uh, The final character we want to talk about before we're out of time for tonight is Rosita. Rosita had to put down Sadiq, who isn't a family member as such, but he is the father of their daughter, Coco. Sadiq was murdered by Dante, who's Juan Javier Cardenas, is going to be a guest on our show, who was the infiltrator for the Whisperers, the spy that Alpha sent into Alexandria. Dante was going to stab Sadiq in the head after strangling him to death, but he was interrupted by Rosita, who arrived on the house to check up on Sadiq. During a violent scuffle between Dante and Rosita, Sadiq reanimates and is seen standing over the baby crib. Rosita literally had a split second to save Coco, and she didn't hesitate, and she put down Sadiq. Uh... Because Rosita is just a badass like that. So, there you guys have it. Just some of the members of the cast and characters of The Walking Dead. Who over the course of 10 seasons plus have had to put down family members. Either after they have turned or before uh, they turned. Let me quickly see over the chat. See what you guys are saying. Uh, Kaden on YouTube writes, Rosita is Fear the Walking Dead's Alicia. That's a great comparison. Uh, Kat writes, uh, I liked how things don't always pan out as planned, like the C-section. You can, you guys can plan, I mean, everyone can plan and prepare as much as possible, but at the end of the day, we have no idea when an, an event unfolds how exactly it's going to play out. And that example of Judith's birth, talk about everything going sideways, as it did. Caden uh, writes on YouTube, that's when you give up and accept death. Chunky Spaghetti on YouTube writes, all that work Rick did at the prison, just gone in a couple of minutes by the governor. Yeah. Oh, the governor. He was brilliant, brilliantly played by David Morrissey, but man, he was pure evil. And the surprising thing is that the governor was actually darker in the comic books. So anyway, guys, we are out of time for tonight. Thank you so much for spending this hour with me. You guys are awesome as always. Check out our newly designed website, deadtalklive.com. Visit us on YouTube channel name is walking dead now please subscribe also visit us on imdb and rate our show thank you so much for being a part of tonight i'll be back on the air again tomorrow don't forget the dates for our upcoming guests submit your video and text questions to us right through our website just go to the menu item called submissions You can send in a video question and or a text question. So get those questions out. Make sure you list which guest your question is for. Until tomorrow night, guys, stay safe, stay walking.